Nick Plissken is really the only man with honor because he doesn't care about anybody. He doesn't care about saving your life. He doesn't care about killing you. All he cares about is moving on. how many movies that we've seen from the past have predicted the near future to be total dog shit and then that time has come and gone that near future they predicted it's like oh man it's actually kind of worse now but in ways <laughs> that are just like more subtle than these movies yes hi i'm laurie this is queer horror cult i'm aria yeah we're here talking about a couple treasures of um dystopic futures and we are also talking about a filmmaker I feel like we've kind of neglected more than is a good idea. Yeah. Uh, we're going to hit Like, there's some... definitely some we've neglected more that we shouldn't have, but, like... Yeah. But, yeah, given the body of work yeah. and everything, we kind of have, not going to lie. Yeah, because uh, we're covering some John Carpenter movies today. And what have we done for John Carpenter? We've done The Thing. Halloween, obviously. The Thing. We never did the originals on Halloween, did we? I thought... I assume we, we, we talked about it briefly right, in, in the terms... context of the new one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess we never actually like covered it properly. Yeah. Did they live? Oh, we did. Do they live? Okay, we've had a couple. Did we do Christine for the car episode, or did we just think about? I doing think Christine? we. I think we did because I think that's yeah. why I've seen it. Yes. Is because we watched it for the episode. So. And of course, we did John Carpenter's most recognizable movie. Somebody's watching me. That's right. I that, forgot that was him. That that was sarcastic, but that movie fucks. Yeah, it was it's pretty like, good. Actually, good. So. Yeah. But today we're talking about his escape from movies. And these were first time watches for you, weren't they? Mm-hmm. So Escape from New York, this one is, uh, this movie fucks, as, <laughs> as we, we've said. Mm-hmm. Um, like most John Carpenter movies, especially his sort of classic era ones. Yes. Uh, what did you know about this before we watched it? That it involved trying to escape from New York. <laughs> so pretty much the title, you just kind of went off <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah. That makes sense. And also, obviously, um, Kurt Russell. Yes, Beefcake Kurt Russell. <laughs> I just think really hard about his name. Centrist Beefcake Kurt Russell. Uh, the one and only. Yeah, so so this movie, I, I just love the opening little thing where it's just like, man, crime really sucks. Because right off the bat, both of these movies, like this and the sequel, do the whole crime is getting out of control in the near future. And that's sort of been like the... Reaganistic fear mongering. Well, it's even the yeah. current fear mongering, oh, even yeah. though it, it continues. Yeah, yeah, because I mean, there's so much stuff right now that's like tr- essentially just trying to like manufacture consent for like more police funding yeah. and more, and you know, like don't defund us. Look how like crazy yeah. all of this shoplifting is and stuff. Well, I just know through the '90s, like through the entirety of the oh, '90s, yeah, for sure. it was like we got to worry about raising crime rates, and then when you look at you, the stats, it's like every falling. year has been going down. Literally. But, you know. Yeah, I know it's bullshit. Yeah, it's bullshit. But these movies kind of start with the, that as their premises, uh, premises. But it's not. There's the ambiguity there of whether it's like, is this just legit? What's happening in the in the movie, or is this the justification of right. these people? Because when you start picking apart their whole plan, you realize like, oh, these guys aren't so good. And the movie sort of depicts that. Mm-hmm. But they decided to turn Manhattan Island into a prison. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of great. And it's, uh, it's like, reverse gentrification. And I'm sort of into it. Yeah, I guess that's, that's, the, that's the Western yeah. <laughs> kind of look at it. Because I'm just, like, otherwise, I'm like, oh, they, you know, the most... And this is not going to be the same, obviously, but the most analogous kind of comparison. I think is like, oh, they turned it into Gaza. Yeah, you said that when we were watching... To a big open-air prison. Like, right off the little intro explaining shit for Escape from L.A., you're like, this is just Gaza Strip. Basically. Pretty much, like, yeah. Yeah, you're not fucking wrong. And again, it's it's not like, I'm not going to collapse it to say it's the same in terms of like, you know, ethno-racial, political, religious oh, course, conflict yeah. and like stuff like that. But in terms of just like taking an area that, it, you know, people live in 
and have homes Sorry. in and stuff and being like we're gonna build a big wall around it and just like you're trapped in it now yeah and you're yeah that always goes back to this idea of this like open air prison yeah and so yes i, I definitely thought of that yeah when that it was described yeah definitely um but yeah, so, so Manhattan Island is now a big prison with all these rules. Like, once you go in, you don't come out. If you try to come out, they'll just shoot you dead. Or as the intro has, where those dudes are on that shitty little raft they built, the helicopter's just like, you have ten seconds to turn around. It's like, okay, my guy, the fucking turning radius on this raft is not that good. No, especially and, when you're, like, paddling like, with your hands. Yeah, he's got, like, two milk jugs, and he's trying to paddle his right. way down the fucking river. Yeah. Uh, so they get blown up, and it's a nice little dummy shot thing, because who doesn't? doesn't love a good dummy shot. Mm-hmm. We are a fan of a good dummy shot on this yeah. podcast. Oh, yeah. But then we get... Um, the, the crux of the movie is Air Force One is hijacked somewhere <laughs> over Manhattan or over New York in the sort of area. And... I fucking love the hijackers on this. They're yeah. so based. <laughs> it's just like, you know, there's just this uh, lady with this gun, like, you know, reminds me of the Patty Hearst shirt poster yeah. sort of thing, but she's saying stuff like, fuck racism, fuck exploitation of the working class. Fuck this- American imperialism. Yeah, and it's just like, oh, dude. I, 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 yeah, I know. I, I was just like, I'm pretty sure I follow her on Twitter. Yeah, basically. <laughs> like, straight up. And I'm just thinking, like, I don't want to be uncouth, but I'm totally sucker dick. <laughs> But anyway, so yeah, uh, she hijacks the plane, and the president gets in his little escape pod. It's like this egg, just egg. And the president, of course, is Donald Pleasance, because, you know, in the near... It's, I love how it's like, oh man, crime, and if, you know, coding it, minorities are getting out of control, we need to get back to American roots, and then they just have, like, this British guy as president. <laughs> it's like, you know, he's still white, so they're fine with it. Exactly. But it's, it's interesting that that's overlooked given their like whole you know where's the birth certificate kind of thing but again we if know why that is i'm gonna say ted cruz could run it for president yeah. he's born in canada yeah <sighs> i know he has american like citizenship and whatever so he's like technically qualified but like he literally wasn't born you would in america. think he would also be disqualified on the same grounds that like a serial killer can't be like they can't profit from their crimes <laughs> Only a convicted one. Yeah. Oh, fair enough. Yeah, they never actually <laughs> caught him. <laughs> yeah. You know, the well, whole... I think they did have it, like, posthumously, and then you just end up being some guy. <laughs> of course, this may be a false flag. Yeah, that's true. But anyway, so yeah, the, the president crash lands, and he's got this briefcase handcuffed to him, and so... Just normal uh, presidential things. Yeah, and so I think it's Lee Van Cleef plays the fucking... He's like the cowboy, the the bad guy in every Western right. uh, place, the sort of chief of police, chief of military. I don't know. The police are the military in this movie, so much like real life. Yes. And they go in to get the president on his tracking pod, but this fucking dude that we absolutely love, Frank Doubleday, playing a character named Romero, yes. just shows up and he's like, immediate, he just saunters up. Like, oh, fuck. He's camp. He is camp. This guy, he is, like, the most theater kid bad guy in a movie ever, but in a way where he's not annoying, he just rules. Yeah. Like, he is the hegemonic theater kid, and then also the exception that proves the rule to how annoying they can be. He, so he walks up, and he's just like, if you, if, if, if you kill me, he dies. If you're not in the air in 30 seconds, he dies. If you come back, he dies. And then he shows that he's got the fucking president's finger and it's got the ring on it. Yeah. Just total badass Just move. Just baddie. Yeah. And he looks like, at certain points, he's straight up, and especially his uh, headshot on uh, IMDb, he looks like one of the demons from Demons. <laughs> like, that's how they did his makeup. Like, his teeth are in points. He's got those bug eyes and the weird hair everywhere. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, of course, hisses at them because every <laughs> weird bad guy hisses. Okay, I know how hard it goes. He's not just so... a feeder kid, he's a weeb. <laughs> yeah, if, if uh, he and uh, Van Cleef hit it off, he, he would have, like, rarred at him and stuff. <laughs> Rar exceed. Uh, <laughs> oh, God, I know I've, we've already gone on so many tangents, but, like, I miss weird people in movies. Just these characters that, yes. they don't explain why they're like this, but they're just fucking weird. Yep. Just for the sake of it. We do need it, it more It makes of it those. so much more interesting. But yeah, so that's kind of the setup for this movie, in that President is stuck in New York, and some weird goblin dude has him <laughs> and showed his finger off, and 
they're like, oh, we're fucked because we need the president by this time. Otherwise, we're super fucked. Because even though it's 1997, the Soviet Union still exists. Yeah. Yeah. And made in 81. Yeah. So, so the Soviet Union existed when this movie was made. And they're and, just like, that's not going anywhere. And optimistically, yes, we're like, it's going to still exist in 97. Anyway, so, yeah, there's, uh, like, some kind of meeting going on between, like, Russia, China, the U.S., and it, and it has to do with, like, what, preventing nuclear meltdown? Yes, yeah, some kind of nuclear treaty. Yes, on. and so if the president is not, like, able to make an appearance, then that's going to look really bad, and this could fall through and mark, you know, basically the end of the world. Yeah, but then, but then it turns out that they don't actually need the president. They need the tape he has in his briefcase, yes. because that has all the information they need. And that's, like, the one sort of, maybe I just didn't paying attention, but kind of the glaring pl- plot hole of just, like, yo, did the guy who recorded the tape die? And I missed that? Or did they not make another one? Like, or did they not have the files that he was reading from? Like, Maybe they're so confidential that there's only one copy in existence. Yeah, that's, that's true. The guy said the thing. He spoke it, like, you know, code speaker, World War II style, yeah. and then they shot him in the face right after. Right. But yeah, so that's the that's the problem, and we cut to uh, Snake Plissken, played by Kurt Russell, totally ripped off from the Metal Gear Solid games, and like they got more and more egregious with each one, just like, yeah, we're gonna take your name, your look, everything about you. Because I heard them be like, Snake Plissken, I was like, hey, I know that name for some reason, and then, because I've never played Metal Gear Solid, yeah. but I had friends who were like super into it, and so after when you mentioned it, I'm like, oh, that's where I know it from, not yeah. from like, you know... The actual source. Yeah. <laughs> Go figure. Although, you know, it's an 80s movie, so I wouldn't be surprised if he had, like, international popularity, kind of like how Japan has Robocop selling KFC in commercials <laughs> and stuff. Like, I, I just love it. It was like, oh, yeah, Snake Plissken all over Uruguay. He sells cars. They fucking <laughs> love him. Like, that would rule. That would. And I mean that unironically. That uh, would fucking oh, rule. Oh, me too. But yeah, so Snake Plissken has been arrested, and I really like that they are vague as shit as to his backstory. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently there is a deleted scene. I remember mm. seeing this on the DVD showing him sort of escaping a robbery. Oh, and okay. And he gets arrested. Like, he doesn't manage to get away. And they just got rid of it. And I think that's great. Because they, they talk about it a Yeah, they bit. mention it, yeah. But, yeah, like, that, rather than be too explicit. trying to explicit. steal something. Yeah. yeah. I, don't, I think I remember what they said where, where... Like, it seemed like it was, like, a national security kind of thing. Yeah. But I don't remember exactly what and where. Yeah. But, but I mean, like, uh, I, I like how it makes the world feel a little more lived in. It doesn't do mm-hmm. the whole, like, CSI thing where it's, like, one expert to another. Let me tell you about DNA, the genetic makeup <laughs> yeah. of everything. More just, like, you're doing something you weren't supposed to do. Yeah, it's just, like... Bad boy. We, we're we're spectators to this. We're not being, uh, having the plot handed to us mm-hmm. in little bite-sized morsels. Uh, anyway, so they give them a plea deal where it's, like, you get a full pardon of all your fucking crimes if you just, like, go to New York and... Find the president, the president and escape from New York. Yeah. So many times in this movie, you've got to, I'm kind of surprised they didn't milk it more, where it's just like, hey, man, if we don't do this, then the Duke's going to take over the city. He's like, I've got no time. I've got to escape from New York. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, so they're like going to give him a pardon, and they're like, oh, we just have to give you a little injection, you know, and they, they do, and then... I love how the scientist guy is like, I'm not going to be Goebbels right now, or we're not just going to do this, like, gross-ass experimentation where he injects me. He's like, you have to fucking tell him that I just gave him, like, death serum. Because mm-hmm. uh, they put explosive charges in his jugulars that, uh, it's like, Battle Royale style. If you don't if you do not do it in the time limit, your fucking neck's going to explode. Yeah. Yeah, a little, got a little bellicose kind of situation. Fuck, there's a movie I barely remember. <laughs> it was fun. Yes. Um, yeah, so that's the deal. And that's why he's gonna, like, actually go in and do the job rather than just fly his glider, his little weird plane, to Canada. I think that's explicitly what they say in the movies. Like, you can't go to Canada with your plane because your head will blow off. Didn't they tell him an x-ray neutralizes it, though? So, like... Yeah. Oh, yeah, but, because, I guess, if it... Cause I don't remember, is it... Because I remember it's, like, after a certain amount of... Like, there's a countdown. Yeah, because it, it, like, can dissolves. They de- yeah, I guess, like, can they detonate it beforehand? I... That... Because if not, then just fly yeah. to Canada and, like... Ju- you free know, healthcare. Yeah, it's a free healthcare. Get an x-ray. Yeah. Oh, but, you know, since it's free healthcare, he'll be waiting in the hospital for true. so long. You know what? At that point, I mean, Canada's probably fallen. Yeah, it's true. It's part of the Soviet Union now. Probably. Yeah, isn't that right, comrade? Uh, so, yeah, he's going to go to New York, and we get a lovely, fun scene of him in his little 
glider thing flying directly at the trade towers, and it's like that, that still exists. That, that's uh, you know, 1981. They could do this kind of thing. <laughs> it's not as egregious as like lone gunmen, where like six months before uh-huh. 9/11 happened, they made a plot that was that basically was 9/11. 9/11. Yes. So he lands on the top of the building, and he's basically going to make his way through New York to find uh, the president. And it's hiccup after hiccup along the way. Like, first he goes into this cabaret where a bunch of people in drag are singing a very great sort of rendition of New York, New York, while Mm -hmm. Ernest Borgnine is just fucking loving it. (laughs) He's just like this... Like, they call him cabbie. It's like, this dude is straight up an NPC you recruit in the Fallout <laughs> games, 100%. Absolutely. Yeah, you just have to, like, you're like, hey, hold my sledgehammer. I've got too much shit on me. I've got too much fucking shit on me, so you got to carry some. And also, I'll talk to you every once in a while so we can romance and fuck. Like, you know, Fallout New Vegas, baby. I don't think you can romance and fuck your companions in Fallout New oh, Vegas. Oh, damn. So I guess that is one of the... That or I've just been playing it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that's one of the places where Fallout 4 beat New Vegas. Mm. There weren't many, but that was one. You can fuck the guy who tried to kill you. Oh, okay. I do that every time. And I kill him. Right. A black widow's ass. Anyway. But yeah, so they, they go into the basement of the theater, and he finds this dude just... It's hard to say, but it looks like they're doing sodomy acts in the basement <laughs> while he's punching him in the head. <laughs> and then it's just like wails on the dude punching the president and then the president turns out to be this dude with his beard who's just wearing his tracker he's like i'm the president <laughs> i knew this was maybe the president yeah he had very again to go to new vegas he had very like no bark kind of energy <laughs> to him uh and he just realizes like well i'm fucked i don't have a tracker but everyone in the town is damn it is like a video game talk to the NPCs, and you figure it out they start talking about the duke Yes. And it's like, oh, you gotta go see the Duke. The Duke knows. And uh, the Duke is Isaac Hayes, and he drives the coolest fucking car in the history of time. <laughs> it's like this big old caddy with chandeliers on the hood. And the disco ball. Yeah, it's like, oh, I love this. Freshener. And um, essentially, what we learn is that they have kidnapped the president, and is Snake a bad enough dude to save the president? We gotta find that out. Because uh, they want to use the president as a bartering tool to make their own escape from New York. Yes. And uh, they don't know that there's a time limit on the president's usefulness. Mm-hmm. Uh, nor do they, they know that it's not even the president who's useful. Like, they say, it's like, fuck that guy. Like, we don't give a shit. You know, like, if he dies, it's just his vice president, like Joe Biden or whatever, becomes president, <laughs> you know? We just want the tape. So, um, yeah, Snake meets up with these people, like, Harry Dean Stanton and Adrian Barbeau are this, like, weird... They're, like, a poly couple where the third <laughs> wheel died at some point. And, they do kind of have those Yeah, vibes. they have that energy. It's, it's the Thanks, weird, I hate it. It's the weird cravat that Harry Dean Stanton's wearing that's actually just, like, an old pair of tights he found in the dumpster. But they're all like, fuck it, we're all gonna band together, and we're gonna escape from New York after we fuck up the Duke and save the president. Here's one thing I really like about Snake in this movie is that he could just easily be playing them the whole time. I was like, I'll get you out of New York. And I'm still not convinced he wasn't, or like that he was telling the truth. Like, mm-hmm. He might have just been like, fuck you guys, I'll shoot you. Yeah. Um, but he uses that and he does grow a bit of a heart in that he like kind of feels sad when they get blown up a little <laughs> bit. But they go to save the president at the Duke's house, and I just absolutely fucking love how they just give that uh, Frank Doubleday guy his time to shine. The theater dude is just mincing all around the fucking, like, <laughs> set piece. Uh, so, yeah, he's just, you know, chewing the scenery in, mm-hmm. like, the greatest way possible. And it's a total tragedy when Harry Dean Sen stabs him. And we all feel kind of sad and mourn his loss. Maybe it's just me. I'm saying we all, but it's just like maybe I'm the, the royal we. I'm the only one who loves Romero. <laughs> but through all of this, while uh, Barbo and Stanton are saving um, the president or trying to get him out, uh, Kurt Russell got kidnapped by the Duke or captured and made to fight this fucking pit fighter. And again, I, I think uh, I mentioned this by the time it happened in the sequel, but. Is it a rule that every dystopic universe has to have its own Thunderdome? 
Right. Is it just like that's its only coliseum and i i won't be surprised you know after the climate wars happen and like this is our future and all that people are going to start having thunderdomes but not because that's a natural organic outgrowth it's discursively formed exactly. from all of these movies exactly it's what we're expected to do it's just like well what else learned. do we do it's just like hey i saw this movie it's possibly <laughs> all the... of these movies yeah <laughs> tina turner was in it and it was kind of great but yeah there's a cool pit fight and that's where we learn that Snake is just, like, probably a total fuck machine because he has that snake tattoo coming out of his <laughs> pants going down to where his dick is. And it's just like, ah, dude. <laughs> so he, he, like, totally kills the uh, the big dude. And I might be getting my order mixed up, but they try to leave with the president and go to the glider. But it's great because as they're going through the lobby of the World Trade Center to get back to their glider, there's some graffiti on the wall that says Bricks Rule. <laughs> and it's just like... Ah, uh, thank you, John Carpenter. I feel seen. Uh, dumb racism happens because they always happen in these dumb 80s movies. Mm-hmm. I, I think it in a really gross way, because there's so many good ways it does this. The movie's replicating westerns. Yeah. Just like he did with Assault on Precinct 13. That's right. It's so clearly doing a western thing. Like He has the, the, the shootouts and the draw things. Blown so, of course, they have the, type. the, in giant scare quotes, here come the savage natives right. coming in, right? And it's, um, they, they're literally, like, when you look at the cast, it's like, oh, they actually have, like, Native American guys that just, like, they yell some racist stuff at them and shoot them. And it's this weird fucking blip in this movie that seems, I mean, as much as a movie like this can be, pretty apolitical. And then this happens, and it's just like, ooh. Of course, when the Duke catches up to him, there's a great moment where it's like, hey, the car won't start. Let's check the engine. And they open it, and there's just a dude in there. Just this guy pops up with a gun, and she's like, like, hello. And I just love to think that, you know, they will... The, the trade tower's tall. It took a while to get up there, but still, they had enough time to just completely remove the engine <laughs> and just like, all right, you're just going to hide in here because he's going to take this car specifically. Eventually, they've got the president, and they're like, let's fucking leave. Let's, uh, let's, uh, let's leave on the bridge where we have the map to the landmines. And, of course, uh, they just... They fucking suck at escaping, <sighs> you know? They're not good at escape, at escape from New York. Yeah, yeah, they're not good at escaping from New York. Yeah, so the cab blows up, cabbie blows up, and that's probably the single saddest part of the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, that sucks. And uh, Barbo has, like, a gun battle with the Duke that doesn't go so well. And, you know, it's like, hey, at least you tried. Yeah. Once again, we, we pull the at least you tried cake out of the trash after Bart <laughs> dumped it there. Uh, and at the end, there's a little standoff against the Duke. And the president wastes him with an Uzi. <laughs> and just and I was like, just like, this seems racist. Uh, it, I can't quite put my finger on it. I don't like the dynamics of it's just like, ah, uh, yes, the imperialist president saves the day by shooting the bad guy who wants to free the downtrodden people. wants amnesty people. for all of the, like, political prisoners. Yeah, like, so only Snake and the president managed to escape from New York. They they neutralize the bombs in his neck. Snake gets his pardon. And, yeah, very last second. And then we get a great little ending. Where he just does a little fuck you on the American people, on the world's people. Yes. Where it's just like the president. Okay, I actually really love this moment. Yes. When uh, he, uh, Donald Pleasance is president, uh, thanks Snake. It's like, is there anything I can do for you? And he's like, just need a minute of your time. A lot of people died getting you out of there. I just want to know how you feel about that. Mm-hmm. And he just like so checked out it's like oh well uh we thank them for their generous sacrifice and know that the american people by this point he's like checking his shaving job in the mirror yeah no it's so like politicking yeah it's uh i I think that's a great moment in this movie because it it just says it all yep but then he goes on the stage and plays the tape of secrets and instead it's the tape of swing music from cabbie's cab (laughs) that like snake did a little Switcheroo. A little switcheroo. And then we just cut the snake walking away smoking and just pulling the tape <laughs> guts out of the tape. And it's like, this rules. I love this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you chose chaos. Yeah. So that is the uh, less brief than I intended to be rundown of the movie. But this is a, the concept of turning such a huge chunk of the of the city into an open-air prison. It's so fucked in an American context, and it makes perfect sense, because, you know, like you pointed out with Gaza, they do this 
other places. You mm-hmm. know, like, like different powers will be like, oh, it's okay if we do this here. You know, we'll just look the other way. Yeah, it's fine here. Um, it's fine when our allies do it. But, you know, if, like, that happened in America, people would probably... Well, I guess it depends who's in the prison. Dep- because, it depends you know, like, where. Think about the internment camps around World War II. Exactly. And stuff. It's like, that was fine. Yeah. Giant quotes, again, if you can tell the sarcasm. Yes. Because, no, it was not fine. really wasn't. I don't... I, I guess it was in full swing at the time, but... But uh, I feel like, has it gotten worse, the whole prisons for profit thing? Like, it's certainly not gotten better. Hmm. Uh, although here, it's like, how are you profiting from this? Like, what money is there to be made on this this person? I guess keep the guards employed, Slave which is labor. like... But the people in the prison, do they use them for anything? Oh, you mean in the movies? Yeah, sorry. in the I movie. I thought you meant, no, like, no, in no. real life, I'm and I'm like, uh... <laughs> oh, no, yeah. Oh, no, in okay, real life, sorry, it's, like, such a gross... Mis- that, yeah. That's what I meant. Like, the movie, that's where I think it differs from real life. Because it really just feels like, here's the refuse of humanity. No, I, th- I think that in. it's just, like, the normal prison function, which is exactly that. It's yeah. like, where do we put all these undesirables and this, like, excess of, like... Yeah. Yeah, the... The unemployed and the racialized and the undesirables that we don't want to actually have to like encounter or deal with. Yeah, we just throw them in prison. Put yeah. a giant wall around them. Yeah, it is interesting though that Manhattan went that way, and it's like this is around when we're getting to the cleaning up of New York. Like it wasn't that far the distance. But I like that this yeah. movie is just like let's go the other way <laughs> rather than Disneyfying New York. We're gonna Alcatraz its ass. Yes. Uh. What did you think of this one? Did you like this movie? Yeah, it was fun. Yeah. Yeah, and it was it was interesting because at the, like, you know, we're like, oh, the baddie at the beginning, she's, like, so cool. And it's like, I don't get the sense that we're supposed to think that. Yeah. It's probably, I mean, like you said, there, in a lot of ways, this movie kind of takes a sort of, like, apolitical sort of stance. Like, I wouldn't say it's an apolitical movie, but for a lot of it, it seems to kind of, like... Yeah. Like, we're not stating our opinion, we're kind of just presenting this and letting you draw your own conclusion, which, like, fair enough, I guess. Which I think works if we take this movie as um, Snake's point of view. Yeah. Because that is the kind of character they've created where, Mm -hmm. you know, he he is in the position, um, both in privilege and in being, like, stepped on in certain ways by the man to be in that that section where he's just like, I could just say fuck it to all of it and go about my day. Because, yeah, I don't think the movie really condemns her so much, unless you think the movie is endorsing the prison and endorsing the people. Which I don't, yeah. I don't if anything, it's maybe it. more like the hijackers is like, oh, this is kind of ridiculous. Yeah. Like, the stuff that she's saying, yeah. what? Or maybe it's just one of those things where, you know, like, you see what you want to see. Yeah, and that's yeah. quite often the case, right? Yeah. Because uh, I don't think the movie is, especially when you take Snake's take of it, like, you cannot for a second say this movie, not that you are, but you can't say for a second this movie's pro the uh, military that Mm-mm. controls this prison thing. No, but then their asses. But then everyone who is imprisoned is seen as pretty much a scumbag. Yeah. You know, so it's... Yeah, Cabby's the exception. Yeah, Cabby rules. We love Cabby. I have started writing slash fiction. Of oh uh, Cavi and Romero. It's it's very great. Oh, dear. Yeah. It's called A Skeet Car Named Desire. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> I don't fucking know. In terms of the um, body of John Carpenter's work that you've seen, what do you think of this one? Yeah, no, I think it, like, it's solid for sure. Like, I, there's, there are some that I haven't, you know, I've seen once and it's been years kind of thing, so... Yeah. I don't necessarily remember them super well, that is fair but enough, uh, yeah, yeah, like overall, yeah, I think it's it's it, it's, it's a lot a of hit. fun. It's really yeah. good. It's you know different from the like horror stuff. Yeah, but it's still like good story, interesting. Yeah. It still fits into the sort of like genre mm-hmm. stuff that he's doing without yeah. being horror. That's um, exactly because yeah, he also he did very good action movies and good thrillers and stuff like that too. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, you have, as far as I know, you haven't seen it yet, but Assault on Precinct 13's uh, really solid. You could almost see that as, like, the um, progenitor of this movie mm. in a lot of ways. Okay. Yeah, yeah you really haven't seen it. That one really was him just, I think he's even said, like, he's doing his Western, it's a modern, at the time, modern version of that, 100%. Got it. And I really like the way that they, like, I think I've mentioned talking about the Romero character, but just everyone in general... It, it does feel like he's walking into this world mm-hmm. that's been created, yet we don't get tons of... We get the exposition telling us, setting up the, the world at large. Like, this is the state of things. This yes. is This is where 
were going, or at least America at large. Mm-hmm. Um, but then when Estonia is in New York, we just kind of are shown as of much of the society that's risen up in this prison as um, he's privy to. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really interesting because it looks like it, it's a good sense of world building without yes. feeling the need to expound on it needlessly. No, it's like, yeah, there's a cabaret. Yeah, yep, there's like yeah. a guy in charge. Yep, there, there, there's a store called Chuck Full of Nuts. Yes. And there's yeah. chuds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it was, it was good. It was mm-hmm. good. Yeah, I liked it. So what did we watch next? Uh, I watched the follow-up Escape from L.A. Ah, uh, Yes. Where uh, Snake Plissken is back, however many years later, decade and a bit. Yeah. I say, um, decade and change. Because I think it's set in the 2000s. Yeah. Uh, at this point. Like 2013 or something, something like that. Something like that. Uh, it was made in 96. Right. Yeah, yeah so uh, he's back. He was doing some, some naughty stuff again. Yeah. And he's been arrested. He's been captured. And... He has the idea of like, okay, yeah. So, what kind of deal you want to make with me? I know why I'm here. Like, just yeah. just tell me. And so it turns out that so okay for context, the president now is sort of like he has some like a new founding father vibes. Oh, totally. I would. I, I think his uh, prolistizing also reminds me of. Um fucking, like, Westboro Church kind of dude. Yeah, like, 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 he's a very very evangelical president. Yes, he's very purgy. And so he, you know, very much, like, cracked down America in the image of, like, good Christian, like, like, there's stuff that in it that I'm just like, okay, this is, like, ridiculous. Like, they're like, no guns. I'm like, "Mm, Christians love guns. What? And, uh, I mean, it's, no, it's red kind of, meat. I'm it's like, kind oh, of been that way for a long ranching. time with the uh, NRA and all that for yeah. you know, forever. But it does feel like as every year goes by, it becomes more and more heightened and yeah. more and more pronounced. So, well, like, especially like within the '90s, that's when there were you know late '80s to to '90s. There were you know you had like Alien and Thelma and Louise and stuff and like movies that, you know, showed, like, strong women with guns, and so, like, female gun ownership, like, went through the roof and shit, so, like, it's not, so it might have not been, like, I mean, I was a a literal, like, baby, so I I can't say what it was like then from experience. It might not have been, like, as in your face and as, like, what it is now, but it was clearly, a popular thing. Well, I mean, you know, they look at, like, Charlton Heston as being, like, this hero of gun ownership because he was, like, in the NRA and he was this big, famous guy who's, Mm -hmm. like, oh, guns rule. Yeah. Whereas, just, I think, to show ubiquitous it's come with culture, now people are, like, elevating to the level of hero, like, some college lady who shits herself at a party they're just like she rules yeah no it's so you know like that's it's uh like this weird almost like you are to be celebrated if you're armed yes yeah so yeah so there are a couple aspects of that that i was like would they ever go that no they'd find a way to excuse these things but yeah there's a there was a lot of like it's very sort of like you know stereotypical authoritarian regime like you're allowed to do this you're not allowed to do this and it's because of our Christian whatever, right, fascist, Christo-fascist ideology. Mm -hmm. And so um, what happened is the president has a daughter who... What was her name? Utopia? Utopia. Was that it? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, she has, she was, you know, sad and retreating to, like, cyberspace or whatever, as, as many teens or as many millennials are want to do yeah and <laughs> oh this movie like totally predicted like the metaverse and stuff like that oh i was thinking it's been it predicted me being 11 and spending all summer on msn messenger talking <laughs> to my friends in the basement <laughs> anyways um she has yeah it's kind of like virtual reality thing mm-hmm. as you kind of alluded to and she meets a guy on it who it turns out is like the revolutionary type leader guy of the L.A. prison, because yeah. much like New York, the L.A. has now become... Yeah, and this was explained by a natural disaster. Yeah, there was, like, a huge earthquake that, like, fucked it up and made it, like, into an island. And then everyone, of course, is just like, oh, it's an act of God kind of thing, which I yes. think spurned on that Christianity thing. Yes. Whereas my pet theory is it's like, oh, remember that serial killer who was just like, I have to do my crimes, otherwise an earthquake's going to destroy L.A.? <laughs> well, they arrested him. Yeah, good point. Yeah. I mean, the Cascadia subduction zone is a thing. Yeah. Exactly. And if it, if the big one happens in my lifetime, <laughs> I am going to die because I am moving to the coastal BC mm. one day. 
Anyway, um, yeah, so, because I, th- I think there was even sort of, like, the, like a prophecy in the movie where they're like, oh, yeah, like, this this big thing's going to hit L.A. because it's so, like, indulgent and, like, yeah. it's so L.A. And, and it did. And so, yeah, then you have Los Angeles Prison Island. Yeah. And so um, the daughter has taken the president's, like, satellite nuke code thing. It's sort of like or, sorry, a... it's not a nuke. It's, like... Uh, it's yeah. like the Star Wars defense system. They say it's like strapped with neutron bombs, which is that uh, kind. Of, yeah, the kind of thing where it's like it's not going to actually harm anybody or any buildings, but it's going to like shut down the entire yeah. electrical grid. I guess it's like reverse neutron bomb because neutron bomb is like it takes out anything biological and right. leaves a building standing. Yeah, and so yeah, so instead, um, it's not supposed to actually harm any physically or cause what about everyone with a pacemaker? Like they don't right? even address that in the movie. I know, so ableist. <laughs> Anyway, um, so she takes the, like, launch to, like, the little, remote like, thing. Remote. And I just love how it's, like, to blow things up, you just need this little, like, mini disc player yeah. that, like, <laughs> it's just a three-number code. Yeah, it's, it's fine. And she escapes <laughs> to L.A. Escapes to L.A. Because isn't she on an airplane or something, too, and takes yep. the escape pod and has yep. her big gun and stuff? And she it's goes, very similar to the start of is. Escape from New York. Yeah. And so she takes the thing and she goes to LA to be with her like lover man who is very like so clearly trying to emulate like Fidel Castro with yeah. you know the big cigar all the time, kind of the Che Guevara yeah. like outfit, silhouette and whatnot. Yeah, no, it's it's very clear what they're going for. Yes. Um again, I think it's that a political thing, but more in a misanthropic way here, because it's just like, yeah, the uh, imperialist Americans suck, mm-hmm. and so do the socialists. Fuck those guys. Like, especially just yeah. saying, like, everyone sucks. I hate it here. Pretty much, yeah. It, it's like, it feels like a, a good indication of, like, Carpenter's retirement, being like, fuck this shit, I'm just gonna stay home and play Halo and make synthesizer music. And, like, get paid when I can. Yeah, it's like that, that I'm so happy for you. Yes. <laughs> And so, yeah, Pluskin sent in with the mission to retrieve the remote thing and kill the daughter. Yeah. Yeah, the, the fucking dad is like, oh, God. Yeah, she's he's a just, lost cause. Just yeah. Get, yeah, deal with her. She's straight from the path, so just shoot her in the face. Yeah. And so he, he goes to L.A. and... Uh, much like the other movie, there's lots of, of roadblocks he encounters. And th- oh, and this time instead of having the uh, thing that blows up his arteries, he has um, he's injected with a virus. Yeah, it's like some kind of neurotoxin or yeah, something. some kind of virus that like he's told um, would need to be neutralized with an antidote, otherwise it'll make him you know after a certain number of hours yeah. and get like weak and convulsive and just like totally fucked up. I find it wild. That Manhattan Island, they give him 24 hours when everything is so condensed mm-hmm. together. And then sprawled out L.A. with huge freeways. It's like, you get 10. Right? Like, L.A. is not dense and walkable. The yeah. Same way that New York is. Yeah. Like, yeah, if you go to L.A., it's like, okay, you can do, like, one thing a day. Maybe yeah. two, depending on how close Plus they are. Plus, he doesn't even have a car. Right? Yeah, it's ridiculous. And so he, yeah, he goes, but... Uh, one thing is that they kind of figure out, like, the bad, the, so the, the bad guys, uh, they are pretty bad in this movie. Like, yeah, yeah they you come to see that, like, the the leader dude is, like, actually an asshole. Yeah, for sure. He comes out, he has that whole, like, you know, revolutionary, like, oh, yeah, we'd wear his face on a t-shirt vibe. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, he's just, he's, he's a dick. Like, again, to, to bring it up, it, it does feel like that this dude kind of, like, leads a polycule. Kind of. <laughs> this guy lead looks like he leads a polycule derogatory yeah not not in a way that's like good for you getting it in like a way that's just like oh you're kind of a cult leader kind of but you've like made it horny in a way i don't like yeah as cults often do let's be real yeah well i mean you know it's just like the fucking like branch of idioms was a giant polycule in the grossest way possible Mm -hmm. Did you know that you can just go you said, there yeah. and just walk around like the Waco, Texas place? It's like, I'm just going to check it out. That blew my mind to find that out. Yeah, it's not just like a permanent crime scene. That's like off limits. Yeah. Not condemned or something. Yeah, you can just yet. chill there. 
Yeah, so he's in LA. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, at some point he rather than doing like a cage match, he has to play basketball. Yeah, that's so fucking LA this kind <laughs> of thing. Like so much. Yeah, you gotta like shoot your your bas yeah, you gotta shoot the ball before the uh, buzzer goes off or you get shot on sight and you gotta make the the basket or else you get shot on sight. Yeah, and then we find out he's actually hoops Pliskin and he's just so <laughs> fucking good at dunking buckets. It's like it's I true. love it. It's true, he's a pro. Yeah, and uh, of course the guy when he like totally actually wins his like basketball game that no one's ever won ever, he's just like I'm gonna fucking shoot him anyway because this doesn't this is not a. See, good we don't like him. He's, he's he is he has no sense of like honor and he you can't. He, he just couldn't die honorably. He's a petty bitch. You cannot trust him. Yeah. Uh, Come on, gangsters keep their word. But he's a fake ass gangster. Yeah, even going up to this point and uh, beyond it. Sure runs into an interesting cast of characters. Yes. Like, and, and they, they went really well with the actors in this one. Definitely. Like, um, sort of playing the, the Lee Van Cleef kind of fill-in character, we have uh, Stacy Keach, who, you know, he's in Road Games, he's in a mm-hmm. pretty bad cannibal movie. Steve Buscemi yeah. plays the sort of, like, slick-talking, like, hey, I can make you famous! Yeah. Boulevard like, of the Stars! Like, I know Steve Buscemi was not the actor, like, he was, he kind of big in the late 80s, early 90s, mm. or through the 90s, uh, but it's funny that he's not in the New York one, he's in the LA one. Right. Yeah. <laughs> he works it, though. He does a good job of playing what I imagine is Carpenter satirizing every sleazy agent he's oh, ever, like, run into. Yeah, easily. So much of this, even though the film isn't about the film industry, you just get these little things where it feels like it's just jabs at Hollywood culture, like, mm-hmm. constantly. <laughs> In L.A. Yeah. Fucking Bruce Campbell is in this, and I love his role in this. It's so creepy. <laughs> he plays the Surgeon General of Beverly Hills, and he just has, like, this... Oh, yeah, yeah this, like, like this fucked up... Like... enclave of plastic surgery disasters, like yes. that Dead Kennedys album, just living there. Oh, God. And the makeup on him is great. Like, he looks so creepy. Oh, yeah. I fucking love it. Yeah, that had very, like... Maybe think of like repo, but instead of like you know designer organs, it's like no, you went straight for the like plastics. Yeah. Like, oh no, my fa- like my face is rotting off. I need a new one. Yeah, which I think is um, a big comment on sort of like the the Hollywood and uh, thing where it's like oh you have to stay young, you have to do plastic oh, surgery, but also. I think maybe unwillingly buying into the fear mongering around that stuff because oh, yeah, totally. botched plastic surgery can fucking happen, just like any surgery. I've seen the happen. show Botched. <laughs> yeah, you fucking were raised on that shit. <laughs> um, but it, it is, I think, part of it was uh, any kind of quote unquote cosmetic surgery mm-hmm. was therefore demonized. Yeah. Uh, after that, and I think this movie is sort of playing that up a fair bit. As yeah. is often the case. Yeah. Um, there's one character he runs into. Late in the movie. Hershey. Go on. Uh, I said early on, it's like, oh wait, this is a 90s movie. How long until we get, like, the trans jokes? Uh, you know, I'm just thinking, it's like, uh, every fucking 90s. That's not comedies, but every 90s movie has to go there. And Mm. it's like, oh, we've gotten through over an hour of the runtime and we've escaped it. Maybe not. Lo and behold, he goes to this big steamer ship and runs into Hershey, this character. Also, that buys into the weird racialization going into this movie, where the gangs are much more racialized. Yeah, yeah, they like, like, have the Korean dragons and the, yeah. like, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I think, um, yes, there there are gangs that, that do operate along, come out of different cultural pockets and all that stuff. Sure. But I also think that's a lot of the fear-mongering around gangs, too. Especially L.A. And, uh... I think it makes a little more sense in the context of this movie if you really double down on the notion that it's a prison. Because that is sort of how a lot of gang dynamics work in prisons. Um, And there are Nazis in this. He fucking wastes a neo-Nazi and it's great. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we've got some fucking tool blasting (laughs) and then this neo-Nazi's just like, look at me when I talk to you. And he he brings a fucking knife to a gunfight like a chump. Yeah, so he goes onto the thing and there's a character called Hershey. Uh, played by Pam Greer, who rules, uh, who turns out to have been Carjack Malone, so, you know, gets dead-named right away, and clearly they're going for a trans woman thing, mm-hmm. specifically because Snake straight-up sticks 
his hand between her legs, and he pulls a weapon out, but then, like, does, like, the, like, nice to see you're still packing heat, ha, ha, ha. Yeah. Might as just looked at the camera going, like, wink. <laughs> um, and they've also, it seriously sounds like they've processed a pitch shift Pam Greer's voice down a couple of <laughs> just octaves. made her have some laughing gas. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she just whip it. <laughs> just like fucking Natasha Leon and Andy Berth, where it's just like, it's like, all right, and we're going to go action and action. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I like that you yeah you're you're more on brand you went to anti-birth I went to fucking taxi <laughs> I haven't seen taxi though so. oh I saw that as a kid with my cousins yeah. and that, that's one of those ones that's like if I'm sure if I revisited it I'd be like this is not a good movie but like we loved it that there were so many movies from my youth that it's like even if people are starting to say it's like hey it actually is good even though about don't it's like i'm not gonna rewatch it yeah i'm not i'm not gonna put would myself through it, let's be real yeah you. <laughs> yeah would. there's a point where they think they're gonna like blow the place up because they're like releasing all this gas and they're like you idiot it's laughing gas <laughs> their voices do that <laughs> so oh my god so yes i definitely thought of yeah. that Okay, yeah. Well, it shows it shows it shows our uh, upbringings. Yes. It shows the kind of neighborhoods I grew up with in uh, England and Australia, where it's just like, yeah, huffing solvents and stuff. That was that was we had PSAs weekly, where it's like, hey, we found more like used spray paint cans and bags full of gold spray paint. Don't huff them. Yes, please. Like it was a fucking please, weekly PSA in my school. Oi. Anyway, um, so they got that in there. They, they did. They, they went full 90s. Well, and the funny thing was, you said you'd seen this movie before, but you forgot that particular part. I saw this, like, when it was in New Orleans. Yeah, release. Like, yeah, I think yeah. I was living in Australia so it's been a long when time. it came on video, so it's been 25 years. Yeah, so I, like, yeah. I think you'll be forgiven for forgetting, but you're just yeah. like, oh my god, I was kidding! Yeah, maybe it was deep there, deep in the back of my brain. Yes, this yeah. movie. So... Yeah, so the idea is that... The leader dude has the remote, and he actually knows what it's for Yeah. in this one. So he, you know, they, they basically, like, okay, we, you know, it. we want to, we want a helicopter to get out of here. But he, this one, because, so the, the, the Duke wanted, wanted everybody out, whereas yeah. this guy seems to be, like, just him. Yeah, yeah, he's, but he plays it up, where he's like, everyone, hey, we're all gonna escape. And then they send one helicopter, yeah, and it's like, like... I need one helicopter for me specifically. Exactly. So it's like, ooh, a little bit a little bit more uh, self-centered here, and like... Because yeah. maybe, maybe the Duke would have been like, yeah, fuck all y'all, like, blow up the bridge or something. Yeah. But, you know, we, we, we don't know that. Whereas this guy was very clearly like, yeah, I want out of here, and then, like, fuck the rest of you. Yeah. And so the so our, our team of hooligans is going to go and uh, foil their plans yeah. and then escape from L.A. They are kind of hooligans more in this one. They're sort of scampish. They are. Yeah, they get up to hijinks. What matter of scamp are they? <laughs> Basically. Yeah, it was like maybe hooligans wasn't the best. Ruffians? Yeah. Because <laughs> I learned that hooligans can be, uh, when I was in Germany, they're like, so, like, hooligans can be a term for, like, you know, like neo-Nazis. I was like, oh. Oh, okay, right. right. I think I remember you telling yeah, me Yeah, and I was like, that's new to me. Because I know, I know you'll have, like, the, like, like footy hooligans and right. stuff. Like, I remember being in Rome. The, I think the other day there, there was that Liverpool game, and my aunt was warning us, like, don't go downtown. There's all these hooligans. Right. <laughs> She doesn't speak much English, but she's like, hooligans! Yeah. And it's like, okay, I understood that. (laughs) Very clearly. (laughs) Anyway. Oh, and then one thing, I guess one thing I was thinking of was, um, like, they're, so the characters are a little less straightforward in this one. Like, they're, and insofar as, like, you see, you see Steve Buscemi's character and you're kind of like, oh, he's going to be, like, cabby. Yeah. You get that vibe. Like, he's going to be, like, the helpful NPC. And then it turns out he's, like, a double-crossing SOB. Yeah. But then he's also, like, very self-interested. And he's like, you know what? Friendship with the, the leader guy is off. I'm yeah. Not, I'm, I'm, I'm I am no friend. longer best friends. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he's no longer my brother in Christ. I am now best friends with Snake Plissken. Exactly. Or at least I want to be. Did you see that, the follow-up to that meme? <laughs> There's another one after that I'm no longer best friends with where it's, like, friendship restored we are now all friends and there's just pictures oh, of the three of them being friends and oh, it's so wholesome that's so nice i love it yes that's wonderful thank you <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome yeah um Bushami really much embodies like it's about the friends we made along the way <laughs> he really does yeah. friends we make and lose and make and lose yeah. and we make and 
and do what we can to try and stay alive. Yeah, he doesn't die in this one. No, I mean, he jumps off the plane when he thinks, like, he's, he's so funny. He's, he's so, like, in it for himself that he's, like, the, you know, the little rat that, like, jumps off the ship as soon as it starts, like, getting too, yeah. too uh, you know, on fire or whatever. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, he's, like, literally in the, the helicopter to escape and then sees that they're going to get, like, nuked. And he just bails. He jumps yeah. out. And then once he's on the ground and they get hit and they keep, he's like, wait, come back for me. And it's like, buddy. My guy. Guy. That was they, they they fucking did Hershey dirty in this one mm. where it's just like, oh, you've helped us. Now we're just gonna blow up everyone who's not Snake and the president daughter. Yeah. They just fucking get set on fire in the back of the helicopter. Yeah. It's like, oh that that's that's great. Yes, Thank you this for is this. a hate crime. Thank you. Yeah. You hate to see it. Uh but then we get to the ending, don't we? Yeah, so uh plus can yeah, they're flying to, you know, meet the the medical team, the president and stuff, so they're like, we're going to give you the thing, and you're going to neutralize this this virus that is fucking me up. So they, they so on the way there, he instructs the daughter to, like, jump out of the plane. Yeah. And basically, like, run for your life and hope that you survive because I was supposed yeah. to kill you. And then he slips the little, the the little, the little the disc, disc sorry, watcher the, uh, thing into her pocket before yes. she fails. And then, uh, but she gets caught. Yeah. Just as Snake's about to give the the fake one, mm-hmm. she gets caught. And I'm like, I'm going to take hers. But turns out he, yes. he, he did, like, the... He's playing, f- like, 12-dimensional chess. Yeah, he, pulled, he, like, he totally, like, Princess Bride this guy's ass. Totally. Like, he knew... It's like he knew she was going to get caught. Because, yeah, it's one of those moments where you, you think, like, oh, he has a little... His heart grew three sizes, and he has a little bit of, like, empathy. And then it's like, no, nah, he's I was planning on her to get on caught. Yeah, totally. Like, she's just a pawn in my game. Yeah. And so... And they check it, too, and they see that it's the right disc because it has the little red dot on it. Yes. Even though in probably the world's biggest moment of foreshadowing in the history of cinema, there's this, like, random moment where all of a sudden uh, Steve Buscemi says to her, she's like, hey, give me your red nail polish, specifically your red nail polish. She's so like, I sure. Can make it look and then he does like... the dot, it's like, now it looks exactly like the real yes. one. Yes. And then, it, then it, the scene just ends and it goes yeah. to a different scene. It's like... I wonder if that's gonna happen. <laughs> right. And then it turns out that uh, Snake's pu- pulling another one over on them in that yeah. he's using the holo- like hologram, projecting his image th- technology that they use in the beginning yeah. to make it so he can't like bash their brains in when they're trying to... To like fuck them over. Yeah. Yeah, and, and especially But they did fuck him over because it yeah. turns out the virus is just a very, like, accelerated version of the flu. It's like, you'll be fine tomorrow, you dumb shit. Yeah, like, and somebody actually did. said something about that in, the, like, in LA. They're like, oh, yeah, and they say that this this, this virus is going to kill it. Like, they, they sounded like like a conspiracy theorist, but then it turns out they were right. Yeah, and so, yeah, he gets away. And he just says, fuck the world. <laughs> yeah, he's like, fuck everybody. Because he's like, you know, if we... Because, so at this point... Um, there's, like, an attack being launched on the U.S. Like, I know there's ships coming from Cuba, and there's, like... And so they're, like, we, you know, in retaliation, we're going to, like, basically shut down the power grid in, like, the Global South. Yeah. And so Pliskin's, like, well, okay, if we shut down the Global South, they win. He's just the third world. If yeah. we if I, if I we shut down the U.S., they win. He's, like, so fuck it. <laughs> I'm going to shut everybody down. I'm going to disappear. Yeah. And, uh... I love how the, the code to destroy the entire world is 666. Like, if I found that thing, that would probably be the first one I did. It's like, oh, right. it needs three digits. Well, first I'd do 420, and it wouldn't work, so then I'd do 666. Yeah. I'll try and fit 69 in there somehow, you know, because I, I am a literal child. Uh, yeah, and, and and then he has, like, the, the, like, final moment that I think doesn't hit as hard as it was supposed to, where he's like, welcome to the human race. And then just, like, this, like, sort of techno-infused yes. 90s soundtrack song kicks up. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. I don't think this movie was as banger as New no. York. It really suffered from a lot of the, like, mid-90s computer graphics mm-hmm. not aging too well. Uh, but I think also in a way where... Am I just, maybe it's just me, but there's a lot of action set pieces in this. Mm-hmm. And I thought the one that was really interesting was the car chase. And then the hang glider thing was so phony. The <laughs> surfing scene was so, so yeah. stupid. And I think it really was because the car chase was an actual car chase. Right. And uh, that looked great. You know, crashing cars, blowing them up, taking out dudes on motorbikes. It's like, that was cool. Mm-hmm. And, uh... The other ones were like, yeah, he's, especially the surfing one, where oh he's, God. like, 
blue screened in front of it, and he just like thumbs up, high fives the other surfer dude, and then turns his board and just like jumps off and lands in the car. And he's like, "Hey guys!" Yeah, and it's just like, "Oh my god!" Oh dear. And I think it just totally undercuts the sort of tone the movie's going for. Right. You know, like, if that was in, like, some kind of MacGruber-ass thing, sure. it'd be like, yeah, it fits perfectly. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. That's oh, the, well. Yeah, that's the perfect place where it would fit. Yeah, like, so much. Like, the fucking hang glider scene, where they're just, like, going around in circles, going pew, 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 shooting at the guys, and all the people with guns that have been, like, you know, they're all fucking armed, are just like, shit, we cannot shoot down these guys on the very slow gliders that are, like... <laughs> 15 feet above our head with no cover. We're fucked. <laughs> Ugh, whatever. Santa Ana wins. Yeah. Uh, but I do have a pet theory mm. about these two movies. Okay. And it is... And I don't think it's a pet theory. I think it's a pet fact. All right. Snake Plissken is a chaser. <laughs> Bricks rule written on the wall. Did he the, write it? He stood in front of it. <laughs> He posed, you know, it's kind of like someone who sees, like, a no-smoking sign that just, like, smokes next to us, like, take a picture. Or, like, when, when we took pictures of the, like, eat pussy, it's vegan graffiti in Rome, right? Um, he's just, like, bricks roll. And then in this one, he, he's, like, sees, sees, um... He's feeling runs a into Hershey, And he's just, like, you know, he's kind of shitty about it, but I think that's just his, like... Tough guy. His tough guy, like, posturing, like, you know, that gross sort of, like internalized transphobia yeah. crap where it's just like oh i can't i can't play my hand even though you know hershey's like the baddest person here since i got here mm-hmm. and you know he's fucking chasing our energy 100 <laughs> and i'm not even saying that necessarily in a derogatory way it's just it's a fact chaser neutral yeah <laughs> chaotic neutral chaser that's <laughs> that's thankless all right yeah. yeah i can go for that yeah um and yeah, this is the one that I think you made that uh, drew that parallel to like open air prisons uh, more explicitly mm. at the beginning when it was doing the crawl, and there were oh, ex- like the explanation. You're like, yeah. that's literally how like yeah, because right. oh, yeah, they're talking about like putting the wall around it, yeah. and yeah, it is so wild to me how these movies presenting clear dystopias with clear bad guys, people do this in real life, and it's just like the cognitive dissonance of it's like, yeah, you know. You watch the fucking Star Wars movies, which everyone jerks off over, and it's like, yeah, the Empire's clearly bad, and then in real life, all these, like, weird losers are, like, a million times worse Mm -hmm. than the Empire in these movies. I hate it. (laughs) I hate it here. I need need them to make the third one escape from Earth so I can, like, so I can be in it, and then Snake Plissken can chase me. (laughs) (laughs) In a friendship way. (laughs) In a polyplatonic. <laughs> oh my god. You mean friends? <laughs> Sorry, in a polyqueer platonic. I mean, if you really One think word. about it, the sitcom Friends was about that. <laughs> I never watched it, so I wouldn't know. <laughs> Good. <laughs> um, yeah. We're already pretty far into this, so I guess we should just very briefly touch on the third thing we watched, because we thought we would not have enough to fill an episode. Uh, so we started in the East Coast with uh, Escape from New York, and then we went to the West Coast. Escape from LA. Then we decided, fuck it, we're going back East, and we accidentally tripped over our own dicks and went flying way far <laughs> East and landed right in Italy, where we watched Escape from the Bronx, the Italian I rip-off. I wish we watched Escape from the Bronx in Italy. Oh, that would have been great. <laughs> Escape from the Bronx is one of those Italian knockoff movies. It's actually a sequel to uh, 1990 The Bronx Warriors. Uh, the reason we watched this instead of the original... Because they both kind of have elements of uh, Escape from New York. It's sort of like... Like the title is literally Escape from a part of New York. Yeah. But this one, they literally capture the president, but it's actually the president of a corporation. Yes. But then the corporation's very Robocop-esque. It is. This movie's ridiculous. (laughs) I just think everyone should go see it because it's so fucking funny. And (laughs) And the body count. Yeah. People are dying constantly. the, The trivia on it was like over 170 people die in this movie, and it's... Therefore, it's, it's like, what, even, one death every 30 seconds? Yeah, it's, it's a long movie, so it's, it's not. just like, fuck, dude. Yeah, like, every 30 seconds on average, like, there's so many people die. The movie's die. about 20 minutes of plot, and then, like, an hour 10... Of vibes. Of just vibes, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it also has the single greatest moment in a movie ever that we can't repeat on this podcast. 
<laughs> it's one of those I moments. Mo- I was like, which boat? I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember. It's one of those moments where a slur is dropped, but in a way that it's like, I can laugh at that because that slur was used at me all there are through like a, high school. There are a couple moments like that in yeah, this movie but with that particular slur. But, oh my God, they're like... <laughs> the, 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 the president's like running away and they're chasing him and all these cops but then it just got these two cops sitting by their car and it's like look at how he runs must be some kind of and it drops the slur and then and then immediately the car blows up and they both die <laughs> in a dummy shot <laughs> so at least not, they're punished for being homophobic yeah could not breathe <laughs> where's the little, little kid he doesn't know any better he's just yeah. raised that way We'll go with that little Italian oh boy. God. Plus, you have uh, such a soft spot for kids swearing anyway. I do. Like Kathy's curse, which is so <laughs> up your alley because the kid would just. I think the kid also uses the slurs <laughs> in that one, but also just swears like a little potty mouth shithead. It's great. Uh huh. Yeah, Escape from the Bronx really is like Escape from New York by way of Robocop in terms of like the OCP Corporation. And it has the most villainous villain. In movies, like you said, like that guy's not a bad guy. He's a villain. The villain, like he literally gives like, like the way the the words he uses and the way he talks. Like yeah, he is constantly like he's like there is a plot and I am contributing to it. I am yeah. forwarding this plot. Yeah, with my like I think, I think it's uh, Henry Silva spe- plays him and he does a great job. His little villain speeches. Of, he has the weirdest line delivery. Yes, like the weirdest when he's they've got the model in the meeting and he's just talking about his plan for going in and wiping out the Bronx or whatever. Because yeah. Uh, yeah, the plan is basically Bronx has been overtaken by gangs and they've all live underground because there's extermination squads that are very Nazi esque. They want to clean up the Bronx and make it into the gentrified essentially. It basically is gentrification by way of the Third Reich. That's like what this movie is. <laughs> More and, or less. Uh, except if the Third Reich looked like uh, cosmonauts. They've got like silver spacesuits from like some 1950s Cold War scare movie. It's great. Um, but yeah, he's doing his, his spiel about what they're going to do and his delivery like you can't even say it's Shatner-esque but it's halting in that it's the emphasis on every wrong word and no punctuation sentences just kind of end halfway through and then pick up the next sentence partway through the last one it's like fuck man this dude rules kind of minus all the Nazi shit yeah but this movie clearly makes him out to be a bad guy yeah well yeah even when the you have the fact that even like the people in charge are like whoa man this is getting like a little much like can yeah. you like either halt the brakes or, like, at least, like, be less egregious about it so, like, I don't get any, like, consequences for it. Thank you. Yeah. And this movie actually has more of an ending than any Italian movie we've seen in a <laughs> while in that it, the, the the last bad guy is taken out and the movie ends, but there's 30 seconds of him going up to the guy who helped him. It's like, thanks for your help. He's like, I'm going back underground. The kid's like, it sucks up here. Let's go back underground. His dad's like, all right. Gives, like, the main dude that wink. They've got sort of, like, a Frodo and Samwise thing going on the whole movie where it's just like, I want these dudes to fuck. Like, I just, <laughs> I really want these dudes to fuck. That'll make this movie even better. Uh, they don't, but, you know, they, they, they I fuck each other constantly. Sure. It's great. They're, they're exchanging so many looks and it rules. They it's should true. have just, like, co-parented that precocious child in the sewers <laughs> together and that would have been a great ending. But they go their separate ways and then it just freeze frames and the credits roll. Yeah. It's a nice little wrapped up ending. Yeah, it's a good one. I, I highly recommend it. Yeah, it's fun. It's it's very silly. It's the second part of a trilogy, and sadly, it's the one of the three movies that doesn't have George Eastman in it. Ah. <sighs> what can you do? Mm. But yeah, those that that's this week. Yes. This is our, what the fuck do we watch? <laughs> what, what are we going to talk about? Oh, here's an idea kind of week, and I think it worked out. Any parting thoughts you want to have on those movies? Not really. Yeah. Well, if you like your action movies, um, cheesy and camp in different directions. Yes, very and, different directions. Uh, not to say that you should overlook them, but at the same time, if you can just accept that 80s movies sometimes have gross racism. Yeah. And 90s movies have gross transphobia and racism. That happens in these movies. It and, does. Um, that doesn't make them okay. But, you know, they are of the time in a way yeah. that bums me out. Yeah. yeah. I I wish they weren't. That's what I was like. I wish they totally. weren't of the like, time. Like, yeah, don't, obviously don't endorse that kind of stuff. But, yeah, uh, yeah you know, make an informed decision yeah, if that's something that yeah. you're, like, okay with, like, you know, what, taking with a grain of salt. Or yeah. if that's something that you're like, nope, this is, like, not something I have any interest in watching. I guess that's more, okay, too. I guess more what I mean by that is it's, like, 
it's not more egregious than yeah. those, but it's still there because that was fucking everywhere. Well, exactly, yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, it's mostly just like, if you haven't seen it or, or you're due for a rewatch, maybe blank yeah. those parts out. You know, it'd be, be aware, make an informed decision. Yeah. Like, by talking about it, yeah, like I said, we're not, like, endorsing it, but just yeah. more of a heads up. Yeah. This is a thing FYI. in it yeah. that's worth mentioning as we discuss it so as to not overlook it. Yeah. Cool. So, recommendations? Yeah. I, uh, on the John Carpenter, Kurt Russell, action-y, silly kind of train, I have, and I've actually seen this one, so I can recommend it. And also, it's good. And lots of fun. And I'm due for a rewatch. Yeah. 1986, Big Trouble in Little China. 86. Yeah, he said 86. <laughs> My brain's not working. That's what I was just looking up. Yeah. That is a great movie. Mm-hmm. Well, you remember, uh, my old place. Poster, big poster. Big poster right in the, the stairs. Wall, yeah. yeah. So fucking good. Oh yeah, that I would I'd watch that in a heartbeat. It's been a few years. I should. No, we should watch it. Yeah, let's do yeah. it. It it definitely fits in that sort of skewing the eighties yeah. action movie, and I love how well they do that because Kurt Russell being like the titular, well not titular because his name's not Big Trouble. <laughs> that would have worked. It's Pork Chop Express. But yeah, he's the sort of like badass eighties action hero, and I just love how they skew that at every mm-hmm. fucking turn. It's fantastic. Yeah. Good choice. Good choice. Thank you. My recommendation is going to go off of the movie we didn't really cover much of, but I'm going to recommend the first one, 1990, The Bronx Warriors. It's a lot of fun. It's more in the Warriors vein of thing, but it's it's so much fun. It's so hmm. stupid, but I really like it. Cool. It has a great beginning uh, credit scene. It's like this montage of all the weird gangs and oh, stuff. Oh, yeah. And each one has their own weird outfits, kind of like the Warriors. Like, remember those weird silver mimes that were doing a chorus line rehearsal? Yes. Everyone else is tooling up their guns in Escape from the Bronx, and they're, like, getting ready for war, and then there's just this chorus line of it's these like weird... each other up. They're, like, baseball mimes with silver <laughs> face paint and batons, and New they're York, just like, man. one, two, three, four, as they're doing this, like, little tap dance routine, and it's, like, just in the background. I just want a movie about them. Yeah, well, they, they're they in the first one. So. Hey, okay. Yeah. It's a good movie. <laughs> yeah. Cool. But I guess that'll do it for yeah. us this week. Um, yeah. Take it easy and keep it sleazy. <laughs> <laughs>